Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is. You're exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I said, good morning. That's why I had to think about it for a minute. <laughs> All right, so um, thank you, Colin, for our, our prayer, um, especially for the announcement or the comment on where we are as a church, as a church body. Um, it's important that even as we discussed tonight about being in a wilderness period, you know, being in a wilderness period, there's, there's a time that, if you will, every leader, every, every organization that has led the way of God, that God has gone through a wilderness period. All right, good afternoon, good evening whatever time it is, exactly. Because <laughs> that was the first thing I said, good morning. That's why I had to think about it for a minute. <laughs> All right, so um, thank you, Colin, for our, our prayer, um, especially for the announcement or the comment on where we are as a church, as a church body. Um, it's important that even as we discussed tonight about being in a wilderness period, you know, being in a wilderness period, there's, there's a time that, if you will, every leader, every, every organization that has led the way of God, that God has gone through a wilderness period, has gone through a period of bondage, going through a period of confusion, going through a period of like, they're not really sure where they are. And, and tonight, we're, we'll talk about that a little bit. Has John introduced to you last week that we're starting these character studies, if you will, for the next series of Wednesday nights, uh, different speakers here, whoever speak, will go through different characters in the Bible to illuminate them, uh, to bring them to life here. Now, the thing about that is that you, we always want to remember that they are real life people. They're real people. 2020, I mean, hindsight is 2020. And hindsight, we tend to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you could go to the funeral of the worst person and you will hear, well, they were giving heart or they, 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 they did what they could or you would hear all these great things about them, although they may have been the worst person ever. Because we, we as a society, we as people look in the past and we want to look at it as being all good. So if we, we forget often that these characters in the Bible, these men and women in the Bible were real human beings with real human feelings with fears, concerns, sin, just like we did. And also, let's give them this side, they did not have the bonus of the Holy Spirit residing in their life. So we want to look at these things, and then if we can look at it from that perspective, then we might find that they may even be more extraordinary than we already give them credit for. So tonight, we're going to look at Caleb. We're going to look at Caleb. Father in heaven, we thank you again for these words and this time of prayer that you've given us to grow and to know. We ask, Lord, that you speak to us tonight by way of your Holy Spirit, Lord. 
that our personal concerns, our thoughts not be in the way of what you have us to hear, but to clear our hearts and minds that we may be open to know what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So tonight we're talking about Caleb. Caleb first appears in, with any real significance, in Numbers. And as many of you know, Caleb was one of the 12 spies. He was called on by Moses with 11 other guys to go and spy out what would soon be the promised land. Now, let's think about Caleb. So given that, Caleb obviously traveled with the Hebrews into this land that they're in now, which we would consider Sinai. So the first thing we know about Caleb is that, well, he obviously was a slave. He was a slave in Egypt. He was under bondage, not corporately, but personally, he was a slave. Now, we don't know what kind of work he did. We don't know what he was, but we know he was a slave. He was in the bondage of Egypt. Part of that pack, that group of people who left Egypt and moved to what would soon be the promised land. Caleb was also, we would like to think of a man, a man amongst men, whereas he was called out to be one of the 12 spies to go look into this land. So when I talk about Caleb, what I, what I want to describe him as a man of faith, but not just a man of faith, a man of faith in action. You see, it's one thing to have faith. It's one thing to believe in something or to say you believe in something, but it's a whole nother thing to apply that action to the faith. You know, so James Wright, faith without works is, means nothing to me. So, so when there's faith, there must be action for the faith to actually be qualified. Does that make sense? There must be an action. I believe that this is going to happen, and then I just sit down. No, if I believe that this is going to happen, then my faith takes me to the steps progressing towards what it takes for that to happen. That doesn't mean I'm actually doing it. It's not a self-fulfilling faith, but it's a faith that causes action in me. I go to church every Sunday because I believe God has blessed me. And he deserves that worship. I study the word of God because I believe it's what it says it is. That is true. And so my faith draws me to it. I sit in that pew because I believe it's going to hold 235 pounds. <laughs> and I do it every Sunday. You see, my faith has action. I don't stand in the back because, yeah, those pews will hold me, but I'll just stand back here. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's think of Caleb right now has faith in the first part of his life. It's a faith in action. Caleb's called out to be one of the 12 spots, so let's think about it. He is a former slave that a bunch of guys who just moved into the desert. At best, he may have been a hunter. He, he may have been some kind of fieldman. More than likely, he was a bricklayer or making bricks <laughs> or cutting stone. But I tell you what he wasn't. He wasn't a soldier. He was not trained in the fine art of recon. He was not, did not go to 18 weeks of ranger school. He was not a marine recon sniper. He was none of those things that move around and go into foreign lands to draw out information, to go uncovered in secret. Because can you imagine what would happen to these guys if they had actually gotten caught? 
So knowing that, Caleb, with 11 other guys, still proceed out to this land. And you know why they had to go spy the land out? Because they had no idea what was there. They didn't know what it was. So let's think about this. Caleb, because Moses asked him, because God commanded them, goes into this foreign land to spy out, to see what's there, who's there, how they do things, where things are, and bring that information back. See, that's a man of action. See, that's a person that has faith in God to say, God is going to keep me in this strange area in this strange time. I mean, think about it. Think about what you might be asked to do, where you might be asked to go. That is unfamiliar. That may be geographically unfamiliar, culturally unfamiliar. Missionaries do it all the time, if you want to think about it. They go into places that they don't necessarily know. They don't understand a currency. They don't understand language. They don't understand the, the culture. And a lot of missionaries don't go to, um, I forgot what it's called, school until they get in country to learn about the culture, to learn about the things like that. But they're already there committed. You see, that's faith in action. Faith in action. So we want to think of Caleb as a man of faith in action, that he put his money where his mouth is, if you will. His actions were a re response of the God that he believes in. See, we want to get to the point that our actions are a response to the God that we believe in. You see, I said a couple weeks ago, we know that we're, we have grace. We know that we have, we're blessed. So let's stop acting like we're still looking for those things and start acting like we have those things. And then you'd be surprised the courage that you would have, the faith that you would have to get things done. So first thing we're going to look at is that Caleb was a man of faith, but a man of faith in action. The second thing that we want to look at is Caleb's faith was also a man of faith in opposition. Faith when he was in unusual circumstances, in the circumstances that were pretty much totally against him. See, if you turn with me, let's look at that really quickly. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. <clears throat> so at this point, they had gone out to the land, spied out the land, brought back proof of the land in the form of fruit information and things like that. And then it got kind of, kind of, kind of weird because the guys that he were with, they all looked at the same thing. They all talked to the same God. They all got the same instruction from Moses. Ten of those guys said, yes, everything is true, but there's giants in the land. And da-da-da-da, we really can't go in there. We're not prepared for that. Caleb in 1330 says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and let us go up at once and possess it, for we are, we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up upon evil report of the land to which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land 
the which have gone to search. It is a land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there, and there we saw the giants, sons of Anak, which came, which came as giants, which we were all in our own sight, as grasshoppers, so that we were in their sight. So Caleb and Joshua, who's not mentioned at this time, say, let's do it. Because if God is with us, who can be against us? Let's do it. Let's get it done. We're, we're ready. We have everything we need. But the 10 other guys said, yeah, no. Not going to be able to do it. They're giants. The story goes on to talk about how they were well fortified. How they were going against different tribes. And you have to think about it. These guys had a point because the, the Israelites just came out of Egypt. So most of them were farmers, bricklayers, craftsmen, things like that. Not one of them were warriors. Now, they may have come as close as being the chariot drivers or weapons makers. But let me ask you something. Would you trust your slave to make your weapons? I would not, <laughs> because this guy wants his freedom. I'm not going to give him something that's going to blow me up. You know? <laughs> so this is just speculation. So they more than likely did not really know how to handle weapons or weaponry. Except for maybe the slingshot for what they hunt food with. So they go into this land, they see these people and say, yeah, that's, this is not good. Because more than likely, they not just saw the people, they didn't just see the size of them, but they saw the fortifications. They saw their military installations. They saw maybe troops moving around. They might have even saw them in battle with each other. So you're given that, that will melt your heart quickly if you have no experience with war. So we want to give these other 10 guys a benefit of the doubt, because if you think about the situation that they were faced up in, how many of us might have gone that way? In fact, let's think about it in our own personal lives when we're faced up with some situations that might call for battle that we have no idea how to fight it. How many of us say we're not going to be able to do it? when we're faced up with situations where we don't necessarily have the supplies or the money or the knowledge or the experience or the know-how, how many of us say, I don't think I can do it? Even though it was promised to you by God. So maybe we should give them the benefit of the doubt or learn from them. Because you have to think about it. Two guys said, no. We can do it. So Caleb kept his faith even in opposition because he pleaded with his people to follow what God has said. Let's move into the land. Let's go take it. For God is with us. Who can be against us? So when we think about this guy, Caleb, we think about faith in action. We think about faith in opposition. When things, they look like they're against us. When people look like they're against us. When the crisis we're in 
might look like it's against us. But the unity, and this is what I think happens, because this is what happens in mind. I think that Caleb and Joshua bound together to support each other in faith, in prayer, that they may be strengthened by one another to withstand this opposition. I like to think that's what happened. Because I know that's what I need. This is another reason why I go to church. See, because I'm in a group of people who are in opposition to the society we live in, who are in opposition to Satan's trying to destroy us. We are a group that are outcasts, outliners. And we need each other to survive because we are constantly fighting that. We are constantly pushing up against that. We are constantly... So the bond that we build by way of the Holy Spirit, by way of being in the trenches, should give us that same faith in opposition. Because who are we without each other? Who are we without each other? So Caleb's faith in action. Caleb has faith in opposition. But there's a third part of Caleb. Because as we know, they did not move in to the promised land. They did not move into the promised land for another 40 years. Caleb is already 40 years old when they go spy out the land. Now, 40 years old, a man is pretty young. At least I like to think so, being 56. I want to think I'm still young. <laughs> but it's at that point in life where you start thinking about, you know, I need to have a career. I need to settle down. Start preparing for retirement. You know, start making sure things are flowing in a good direction. You know, your kids are getting older. You soon start saying, soon this one will be out of high school and soon this one will be out the house. At 40 years old, you don't really want to start starting a lot of drama. You certainly don't want to start a new career and you certainly don't want to be homeless and jobless. So Caleb's 40 years old and now he finds himself in this wilderness that says, what now? Because this is not what God told us. So what did Caleb do? Well, just like any man who wants to be responsible for his family, take, take opportunity of career ahead, packs his stuff up and goes. He didn't. You see, at the end of the day, Caleb had faith in the promise. He had faith in the promise. See, what happened now is that the Israelites now spend 40 years in this wilderness. And the reason was that because God said, none of you will see the promised land because of your lack of faith in me. I will purge out this generation. except Caleb and Joshua. Mind you, even Moses didn't even make it that far. 
He didn't see the promised land. So Caleb stuck with his people. But more importantly, Caleb stuck with his commitment to God. He hung in there. He had commitment to his God, commitment to his people, commitment to his ministry. Because although the Bible is relatively silent on this, you have to think about it. Caleb was one of the 12 spies, which now kind of promoted him to a place of, if you would say, some type of leadership, if you will. You know, he would be recognized by the people because they would know that he was here speaking against, speaking up for God. So what I'm thinking is, Caleb, while we're in this 45-year, 40, 45-year period, Caleb has developed maybe a reputation, some leadership roles, some ways to get his people prepared to go into the promised land. See, I don't think he just dropped it and said, well, we didn't make it, that's it. I think Caleb stuck with it because the evidence in the Bible of his faith from the time he left Egypt to the 12 spies to moving on and even going into the promises that was kept by God, he had faith. I don't think Caleb sat in his tent silent. I think Caleb still talked about who God was to keep his people encouraged, enlightened, and moving. Now, these are arguments from silence. I'll say that. I'll admit that. But I also think Caleb was a human being. I also think Caleb believed who God he said he was. And I also think by evidence about it, Caleb was not afraid to speak up about what God said. See, these are the factors in our lives that we deal with all the time. Because how many of us are the sole person in our family that's saved? How many of us may be the sole family on the block that has a consistent church membership or understands the grace? How many of us are the light of the world in our area that we want to move these folks to the promised land? See, that's faith in the promise. See, because we pray this list every Wednesday night with the promise that these people will come to know salvation. We pray this list every night, every Wednesday night, and then for some of us, with the promise that God will hear our prayers. We go to church on Sundays with the promise that God will continue to care for us and watch over us. And that one day, we too will see our promised land, that we will be taken up with him that we will die in his presence. See, that's faith and promise. That's faith in action. That's faith in opposition. That's faith that makes a man of God, a person of God, a woman of God. You see, I say, if your faith has nothing, no action with it, then what is it? So I challenge you tonight, as we think about who Caleb is, what can we learn from that? What example is Caleb? Why, why is Caleb in this Bible? Must be for something. So I challenge you tonight, consider the level of faith that you have. 
because I know I've talked to many of us as folks are, man, this is chaotic around us. What's going on? Maybe this isn't the place for me. I challenge you. How dare you? How dare you? Because if you're here now, then God has set you here to be here, to do something here. So settle in and stay here. And reach for the promise because as we know, at the end of the day, when the count was clear, when God was ready, Caleb sat down with Moses, I mean, with those guys and said, hey, a couple years ago, you promised we would have this mountain. We promised we would have this area. And what happened? God kept his promise. God kept his promise. I believe that God has promised greatness to Open Bible Baptist Church. I believe that. Because what I know is that everybody who has done something for the name of God has gone into the wilderness. There was a time where they didn't know where they were going, didn't know where they came from, didn't know where they were. They have all gone into the wilderness and come out on the other side great. So let's look at Caleb tonight and be encouraged by what he's gone through. A slave from Egypt sent to look at a foreign land that he had no idea about or not even the skill set. Fought to maintain the faith in God even in opposition. Stayed with his people 45 years. And then at the end of the day, his promise was granted. So if that's not an evidence of faith, I don't know what, I have nothing to offer you. If that's not encouraging, there's nothing I can say to you. If that doesn't strengthen your faith, then I pray for you. Father, have we thank you, Lord, for a few moments in your word that we can know about you. Lord, we thank you for these men and women who have given of themselves so we may learn from their action. We thank you, Lord, for the demonstration of faith that we can look to and to know that what you did for them, you will also do for us. We thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us that even tighter bond that we know you in that way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.